Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. MGM. I am Dave Ross right here at Circa. And of course, we've got Wes Reynolds over at Mandalay Bay. And Wes, you know, I always think like we're going to have a nice, quiet evening after we got done with the show yesterday. And then the sports world just goes crazy, as we saw. It's always breaking news, and I guess it's up to us to fix it today. And certainly that was this morning when we saw Julio Jones being traded to the Tennessee Titans. And you've already seen some of the line moves here. Obviously, the Titans, an 11-win team a year ago in winners of the AFC South. Now, that didn't move a whole lot, Wes. It went from plus 110 to repeat as champs down to plus 105. But when you look at the AFC to win that, now that went way down from plus 2,200 to plus 1,200. And the odds to win the Super Bowl from plus 4,000 down to plus 2,500. Did you think that Julio is worthy of such volatile action there with those drastic line moves? Yeah, right with this move. Uh, Julio, get the stretch, as they say in uh, Uptown (laughs) Funk by Bruno Mars. Uh, But, yeah, I didn't think it really uh, warranted that much of a move anyway. I think the move was pretty benign in terms of the division, namely because it looks like it's a two-team race anyway. Who knows what's going to happen in Houston with Deshaun Watson. Jacksonville still undergoing a rebuild with the first-time NFL head coach, albeit a former national championship coach in Urban Meyer. So it really still looks like a two 
two-team race with the Indianapolis Colts and with the Tennessee Titans. And obviously, Indianapolis going to try to make it work again with Carson Wentz, see if Frank Reich is the uh, quarterback whisperer, really, for Carson Wentz. But there's a lot of talent on that team. That was a playoff team last season. They basically brought the core back in terms of all their free agents, uh, all their big free agents they essentially re-signed. So didn't really add a lot, except that they kept the, their guys. And obviously, the key for the Colts is they got to find a way to get a pass rush. The offense, I think, should be fine, assuming Frank Reich has the proper elixir for Carson Wentz and can kind of get him back to his form of a few years ago. But with Tennessee, look, Julio Jones is obviously going to provide Ryan Tannehill a weapon. I do think it's a downgrade at the quarterback position from going to Matt Ryan to Ryan Tannehill. Not a substantial one, but a downgrade nonetheless. But the key for Tennessee is who are they going to stop? Is Julio Jones going to play safety? Is he going to play corner? Is he going to rush the passer? He's not. So that's why I don't think that you've seen that much of a move necessarily on Tennessee in terms of winning the division because it looks like it's basically a, a coin flip race between the two. Obviously, the book's getting ahead, ahead of the betters because betters are going to react on news and they're going to bet what they see and what they hear last. So a lot of this, I don't think this movement down in the Super Bowl odds and in the AFC conference odds are really necessarily people betting it. I just think it's books kind of a race to get ahead of the betters a little bit and not leave a more generous price out there, obviously, for you to bet into because not all betters are number sensitive and they'll go ahead and even bet it at 12 to 1 or 15 to 1, whatever it is now to win the AFC. So they're going to bet the team, not necessarily the number, at least most kind of newer or casual betters. And then on the Atlanta side, you know, a little bit of a move word up. Obviously, this is a big-time player that's that's leaving your franchise. But Atlanta does have plenty of weapons on offense with Ridley and uh, with, with, with the new tight end, with, with Pitts coming in. Mm -hmm. So Atlanta should be able to score points. The key is can they protect Matt Ryan and can they get stops on the defensive end because they were very young. We saw Atlanta last year. I thought they were a little bit better team than their record, but they blew so many games early right. in the season. They blew that game at Dallas. They blew that game at Chicago. And then it was kind of like all she wrote. You could see that Atlanta was going to go down the rest of the season. Yeah, good point on that. And, too, I always say about Ryan Tannehill, he's the best wide receiver playing quarterback here. But very quickly, uh, on Tennessee's side here, they're still at nine for the over-unders. And uh, over is at minus 115. With the added game to a 17-game schedule, they did win 11 a year ago. They get Julio Jones. They haven't adjusted that yet here at Circa. Do you think there's any added value there to possibly take the over after this news today? Uh, maybe a little, but I don't think necessarily a whole lot because I think now that we have the schedules, you can kind of examine these schedules a little bit over the summer and see who these teams are going to have and when they're going to have the road games, when they're going to have the short week, like when they're playing on Thursday night. So you do have a, a Tennessee team that I think – has a, a manageable schedule, but they do got to go to Seattle early in the season. They do have to go to the Rams, who's a Super Bowl contender. They do have to go to New England and Pittsburgh in the winter. So not the easiest schedule necessarily for Tennessee. I'd lean to the over, though, in the spot. Yeah, really not a whole lot of change there in value for Atlanta. As you mentioned, they were a long shot to begin with. A reminder, you are inside the Green Zone, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross here at Circa. Wes Reynolds over there at Mandalay Bay. And, Wes, let's get into the NBA playoffs a little bit right now. We do have game one going on in the Eastern Conference playoffs in a bit of a shocker right now. About 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter in Atlanta right now, 102.85 up on Philadelphia. We did see the line uh, trickle up once the news of Joel Embiid that he was going to give it a go today. He's been pretty effective here so far, at least offensively, but really not a whole lot of stops on the defensive side 
Uh, Wes, what do you make of what you've seen so far in game one? Yeah, certainly an impressive performance from Nate McMillan's guys. And when we talked about this game briefly yesterday, Dave, it was two and a half. And then you saw a little bit of movement today because it looked like Embiid was going to go, but it wasn't for certain. It was three and a half, and then it trickled back down to three. So once he got officially announced in the starting lineup, and uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN put that out there, I think was the first to do so, then it went to four and a half, and that's essentially where it closed. But you, you look at the big difference in this game, it's the three-point line, and that decides so many of these playoff games now in this modern-day kind of pace and space NBA, Dave. 18 of 40 from the three, 45%. Sixers only 7 of 22 for 32%. So that's why that that's basically the game here for the Atlanta Hawks. And, look, they're kind of the team that's the uninvited guest. A lot of people didn't think they were going to beat the Knicks. They handled them pretty easily. Now they're kind of playing with house money here. Now, I did not expect this. No. I thought they might be competitive, and I was actually kind of hoping maybe they would lose this first game so I could come back on a serious price with Embiid's health still at least a little bit of a question mark. He's certainly not 100%. That's why you only saw, I think, about a one, one-and-a-half point adjustment instead of what we would see if it was like a regular season game where it's like, okay, he's good to go, full clear. That might have been a two-and-a-half or three-point move. Not so much today. Embiid, though, 28-8, and 8, 8 of 16 shooting, only has played 30 minutes, so he has been giving it for him, but the rest of the guys really haven't stepped up. Uh, Tobias Harris's scoring obviously goes down substantially when Joel Embiid is in, is in the lineup. He's been the guy that's kind of been able to make up for the slack. Ben Simmons, 11 points. Steph Curry, or Seth Curry, rather, 13 <laughs> points, but... It's really, it's been all Trey Young. The show moves from New York to Philadelphia. So Broadway to the city of brotherly love and no no regression really here for Trey Young. 31 points on 9 and 19 shooting, also 8 assists. And they're also getting other players stepping up. I think Trey Young really kind of carried them in that first round series against the New York Knicks. But you're kind of waiting for these other guys like Bogdanovich to step up, and he could even improve a little bit. I think he was averaging in April. He was in the low 20-point range. And then in that first-round series, he was only averaging about between 13 and 14. So 14 a day for Bogdanovich, 16 for John Collins. A little bit more balance, but basically Trey Young carrying his team likely to another win. 17-point lead nine minutes ago in Philadelphia. Maybe the mayor of Philadelphia said some disparaging things about Trey Young like Bill de Blasio right. did in New York because it seemed to work and light a fire at the Garden. It's happening so far in Philadelphia in game number one. Uh, Wes, if you're a Philadelphia backer here for the series, do you want to hop on, or are you reluctant saying, if this is with Joel Embiid, uh-oh, maybe I find myself on the wrong side of the series price? I have to wait because I don't want to necessarily overreact to to a game one here. I just think uh, sometimes momentum is a very real thing, and Atlanta certainly carried the momentum here. And you don't want to overreact. This is a very impressive performance. So I would have to wait to see what I'm going to get on Philadelphia after the first round, I'm certain, because the series price was relatively narrow. I think the, at the close of uh, business uh, before the game here this morning, you saw, I think it was like minus 225 right. or minus 230 on the Sixers price. So you could see them being a very small dog, I think, after game one going into game two. I would have to see how much I'm getting, though, before I get involved here because I don't want to overreact to this first game. But this at least shows that Atlanta is here to stay, and they're not going to be an easy out here. All right, you're giving me a Mel Gibson hold from Braveheart right now. If you're a Philadelphia backer on those tickets, don't start hedging uh, just because of an impressive game one so far from the ATL. We'll keep our eye on it, but it looks pretty good for the Hawks right now, up by 19. Wes, we do have a game seven. 
a game seven today. I don't know if you trust the Cliffs here at Circa right now. It's still uh, hanging at six points uh, as a favorite and 210 and a half for the over-under here. Um, boy, it's just so hard when you look at this. We've, it's already been a historic series no matter what happens in this game seven with the first six games all being won by the road team. So it feels like a double-dog bear to see if they can make it seven in a row and take the Mavs and those points. Uh, what do you make of this as you see the total and you see, again, it just feels like, boy, it's a lot to lay with the Clippers, but they did look impressive, and Kawhi, of course, was super, superhuman in game six. Yeah, this is something, Dave, I may elect to hedge, especially if a seven does pop up. Now, you can buy it up and pay minus $1.20 at some shops. There's some six and a halves out there. I know we're here at six at BetMGM. South Point here in Las Vegas also has six and a half, but... I would want seven on Dallas because I think that's such a key number. I am a big believer in key numbers. We always talk about it in the NFL, key number of three, key number of seven. We don't often probably enough talk about some key numbers in the basketball, especially on the NBA side, especially three, five, seven. Those are very key numbers in the NBA. So if all of a sudden I get a seven to pop up, I do have the Clippers right now at minus 150 after game one to win the series. I wish I would have had the opportunity, and if had I not been involved, I did recommend taking plus 140 before mm. game six. So now if you have that, you are in a great position where you cannot lose money here because you've got essentially a home dog at plus 140 going into game seven. Money line right now, about 270, 275-ish. So, look, that's great value to have a plus 140 to just win if you just want to say, okay, I think the Clippers are going to win game seven, so I'm going to hold all bets. It also puts you in a position if you want to middle a little bit where it's like, okay, Clippers win, but don't cover. Right. But if they can win by one, two, three, four, five, or six, that's a nice middle working in a seven would be a push. Or you could decide to go ahead and take that Dallas money line at about two and a quarter and just go ahead and lock in profit. And that's what you see a lot of bettors do here when they get involved with series prices and then they commingle them with individual single game by game type of deals. So then you can just lock in profit where it's like, okay, I earn money, you know, no matter what, no matter who wins, I've got both sides on plus money. So what I'm personally waiting to do is see if I can maybe try to finagle a seven here late and then try to see if I can middle it where, okay, if it loses, then I basically broke even, but you got the chance to win two bets here. And I think having the Clippers at a very small money line price if you have them in the series, is a good position to be in going in. I know it's difficult to dip your toe in the water if you are a Clipper backer here, but if you are now confident after what you saw from Kawhi and company in game six, and you mentioned it here, getting the uh, you're probably sitting pretty if you took it before game six, but what about being the best team in the Western Conference and still the odds of the Clippers coming out of the Western Conference still having to win this game seven today? Do you think there's still value there, or are you a little bit scared off by what you saw with Phoenix and or Utah? I do think there's value because maybe, you know, there's something to be said, I guess. If you kind of look at, like, the NCAA tournament, Dave, when you have a really good seed that gets a scare in that first round. Right or in that second round, then they usually, more often than not, will come out firing in that second round or Sweet 16 game. And sometimes a team needs to get their scare, and the Clippers are getting every bit of their scare, having to be try to win a Game 7 at home. <laughs> and usually you win a Game 7 at home about 70% of the time in the NBA, but still you usually don't get the road team winning the first six matchups right. either in those series. So basically when you're looking at the Clippers from this standpoint, just on this game, you got to hope that the Mavs go cold. Remember, they had a lead middle to late in the third quarter, and then all of a sudden they finished the game 11 for 36, and they were 7 to 24 in shooting in the fourth quarter 
We've seen what the Mavs have tried to do. They're trying to go big with that lineup against that Clipper small ball after Ty Lue in game two when they were down 2 nothing. decided to finally make that decision. I can't play Zubac when Luka is on the floor because right. he's going to get exploited in the pick <laughs> and roll. So I have to take him to the bench, and he put Beverly to the bench, and then all of a sudden you go with that small ball lineup of PG, Kawhi, Nick Batum, Reggie Jackson, and also Marcus Morris. And I think that lineup has been better. And obviously – Kawhi came up like a superstar player is supposed to come up in game six, 72% from the floor, 45 points. But when you really look also at this series, one of the moves that I've seen, and I think the value has already been extracted, Dave, is the under. And I, I saw, I think early it was like 215. Now it's down to about 210 and a half here at BetMGM. I'm seeing as high as 211 and a half. Probably not going to go after it, even though I, you would think in a game seven, and this has been an underpaced series at least. It's been very slow-paced, only just under 91 possessions a game. Mm -hmm. So I understand why people are betting the under. I think it may have lost a little number value. So maybe you wait and see if you can get a better number in game. And if, you, if the number never comes, then it never comes. But the first three games have went over in this series. The last three have went under. People like to tend to bet unders in game sevens because it gets a little tighter, right. especially if the, the score is tight late then the possessions get extended. Then you're milking the shot clock and you're using the full 24 seconds usually to get a shot and you really got to value and take care of the basketball. Game seven unders usually about 60% of the time and change are going to go under, but I do think the value has been out of this a little bit. I think the Clippers are going to win the game. I wouldn't want to lay six and a half or even six necessarily. If I'm looking at spread, I do want Dallas just on my hedge perspective, but I want to try to see if a seven is going to pop up. All right, Matt Neverett, our producer, did get in on that over today here at Circus, so I'm rooting for Matt, and uh, hopefully he'll get those points that he needs. And and that's obviously, and that's the contrarian play. Everybody's kind of like, well, the general public likes to bet overs, but not necessarily in game seven. Overs are usually kind of that contrarian play because one of the things that obviously factors in I know in the NBA you don't get the foul fest that you get in college basketball. Right. But when it's a game seven and the season's on the line, let's say you got Dallas down by six or seven in the final minute. They're probably going to be starting to foul because they got to extend the game. And, and that could be the Clippers down by that amount, too. You're going to have to be fouling so you could see some, some points pick up here for certain. Yeah, absolutely. If you're kind of in that uh, 10, if within 10 points in the final two minutes, you will see a bunch of foul calls as they try to hit threes and get back and get those late points there as long as it's relatively close and they don't wave the white flag. Uh, quick update on, on Philadelphia. They are making a, a bit of a run here down by 14 right now with about seven and a half minutes to go. It seems like they have some life. Last live look we saw, they were getting 13. So Philadelphia, if you still have faith in a late comeback, maybe you want to get in here with seven and a half minutes to go as they try to get back into this game. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Stanley Cup playoffs tonight, Wes, and we got two games on tap today. Uh, the Battle of Canada continues with the Jets and Canadiens with a Habitant leading two games to none right now and returning home for this one. You can't call this, you know, a fluke any longer if you're Montreal. I, I know kind of people felt like maybe this isn't real, what they're seeing, but certainly it's real to Winnipeg. What do you make of this game three? Because if you're Winnipeg here, boy, you got to feel like we got to get this one like the Golden Knights when they were down 0-2 to Colorado to get back into the series. 
Yeah, and right now, look in the when it was three-one Maple Leafs, I thought my Canadians just a little bit under thirty-to-one Cup future. I followed some sharp guys on this team. Some of the analytics guys really like this team, even though the record doesn't show it. Uh, that that really like Montreal. I thought it was dead. It is still very much alive and now up 2-0 in the series. But I'm going to follow the pattern, creature of habit. Sometimes we are a sports bettors, and I'm going to do exactly what I've done with teams down 2-0. What I did with the Golden Knights the other night, I'm going to take the first period with Winnipeg, and I'm also going to take the game with Winnipeg. Okay. And currently I'm seeing about, I think, what is it, plus 110 on the money line. Mm-hmm. I took plus 120 both for the first period and also for the game. So that's what I'm going to try to do because that 2-0 team usually gets out to a sense of urgency. And I don't think we've seen a scenario where you've lost that first period bet. It might have pushed because sometimes a couple of times it's been nothing-nothing with these 2-0 teams trying to get that win. But usually they do come out with that sense of urgency in the first period. Now the concern on the Winnipeg side they're a little bit shorthanded at center, obviously, with the Shifley suspension and, and another injury that they have. So they are thin at center. Montreal has absolutely outplayed them through the first two games. These two wins have not been flukes. If you look at the high danger chances, 20-8 to eight in the two games, advantage Canadiens, and also the expected goal, 7.25 against 420, uh, advantage Canadiens once again. So... You know, I, I, Montreal has been the better team here, even though they went through seven games and Winnipeg had almost a week off after beating uh, the Edmonton Oilers and sweeping Connor McDavid and the boys. But I think the way you want to go here is the Winnipeg Jets, albeit they are on the road at the Bell Center. I like Winnipeg first period in game tonight. Yeah, I don't know if it's a curse of the blue shirts, but when the Rangers won it in 94, the last Canadian team to win was 1993, and they haven't done it since Mark Messier hoisted up that cup. I know that they are hoping in Canada one of these two teams does come out. And, of course, tonight right here in Las Vegas, the Golden Knights trying to even up this series at two games apiece against Colorado. What do you make of that, Wes, very quickly? A lot of energy in the building, full-capacity crowd. It seemed like they played to their advantage. Can they carry that into a crucial game four for the Golden Knights tonight? I think they can, but I did bet the Avalanche this morning at even money here. And simply, I'll go back to what we talked about pretty much all green zone yesterday, Dave, when it was Carolina against uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's power play, how lethal it is. Well, Colorado's is even more lethal. Best in the playoffs, 44%. They have a power play goal in six of their last seven games. Vegas Golden Knights have given up power play goals in six straight games. So, that you, they did a good job of staying out of the box in Game 3. Can they repeat it here in Game 4? We know what the Avs want to do, play in space, use their speed, use their skating advantage, and VGK kind of clog it up, be physical, bring traffic to the net, and they did a good job of that in Game 3. So the Knights' PK, to their credit, in the regular season was very good, 86.8%. But in the postseason, it's dropped to 70%. So that's a little bit of a concern, and usually these games are decided by special teams. Flurry has been very good in net for the Golden Knights, but Grubauer's been a little bit better so far. And he's 6-1 and one in the playoffs, 186 goals against average, 941 on the save percentage. I like the D-men for Colorado, McCarr and Taves. They do a good job of really moving the puck. The first line has outscored the other team's first line 13-1 to one so far in the playoffs. I do like Colorado to go up 3-1 to one tonight, even money. Wow. Uh, and very quickly right now, it looks like the ATL has held off that charge, at least at this juncture, up 17. Trey Young with another bucket there. So about four minutes 
to go there and some change. It looks pretty good for the ATL. When we come back, we're going to talk about the craziness going on at the Memorial and what happened to John Rahm yesterday, plus some live looks at Major League Baseball, and maybe if there's some in-game that you want to jump in on. You're in the green zone right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you, Yes. When those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The that's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, oh. started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh, my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. And baseball games every week. It's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds special, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing bets from anywhere in Nevada. 
Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Back inside the Green Zone with Wes Reynolds over at Mandalay Bay. And Wes, we talked a lot about the golf yesterday. The Memorial looked like John Rahm was going to run away with this thing, 1,800 pars. Six-shot lead going into Sunday. Of course, we're going to get into this with Ben Folks in the next hour about those tickets if you had it on John Rahm. But that did open this up to the rest of the field. And here they are now as they get ready to uh, wind down the front nine with Patrick Cantlay right now with a one-shot lead over Colin Morikawa and Scotty Scheffler. Wes, did you like uh, the chalk here? Was there anybody from back of the pack that maybe you think, if you want to get into a, a jump in on some live odds here, that maybe could still make a run at this thing at Jack's place. My hope was Patrick Reed was going to do so, but he's only one under par in his round today, so he's at six under, six shots back. Probably getting a little too far back now that we're approaching the back nine with the leaders. But, Dave, we were talking about this yesterday near the end of the show. John Rahm was going to finish with the six-shot lead. He was as high as minus 1,200 at BetMGM, so more than likely he was going to get this done. Not a guarantee or anything for certain, but more than likely the defending champion here at the Memorial was going to finish this and try to go back-to-back twice, and he was notified of the news going uh, off the 18th green and then, of course, almost dropped to his knees uh, with his head in his hands that he was going to have to withdraw from the tournament to do a positive COVID-19 test. And, you know, some players are are vaccinated and some players are not, not getting into that issue, (laughs) but obviously he was not. So had to withdraw and just having the embarrassment at a big event, especially Jack Nicklaus's event, and especially with the fact that you looked like you were going to be a good bet at minus 1,200 to go ahead and win about $1.3 million, which is the payout to win this event, plus the money that obviously securing your tour card, getting a three-year exemption, not that he was in danger of dropping off the tour, you know, all the money that was going to bring. So he lost a couple million bucks yesterday, and uh, we shall see if that'll cause a drift in his price on the U.S. Open. But uh, one man gathers what another man spills, (laughs) I guess, so to speak, as the Grateful Dead say. And who is gathering right now looks to be Patrick Cantlay, plus 140 right now. He is the leader by one over Colin Marikawa at plus 160. By the way, Pat Cantlay is a former champion here at the Memorial back in 2019. Colin Marikawa also has a dub on this golf course, albeit it was at the Workday Charity Mm -hmm. Open, the one-off event that they held before last year's Memorial, which John Rahm won. So Marikawa just one shot back. Scotty Scheffler has now fallen one shot back. He is now currently 4-1 to one at BetMGM. Scotty Scheffler, by the way, young stud out there on the tour, still going for his first PGA Tour win. He is currently ranked number 24 in the world, so a very good player where it's almost a matter of time. And this kind of could be an appropriate place for a young gun to get his first win. Scotty Scheffler definitely in the mix. Then there's a little bit of a drop-off to Brandon Grace at 9-under, uh, Max Homa at 7-under. So right now... Now, probably you would have to say it is a four-guy tournament at this standpoint at the BetMGM prices, which disappeared for me briefly. Brandon Grace, 9-1, to one, and then you drop down to Max Homa at, eight, at uh, plus 8,000. Siwoo Kim, plus 25,000. Patrick Reed, plus 15,000. Aaron Wise, plus 30,000. These are guys back at six under par that got some holes to play, but I still think that that's too far back. This looks like basically a four-man 
uh, show here. Wes, very quickly on Patrick Cantley, because I've got a, a great friend in this industry of ours who believes he's going to be a two-time major champion. He has won four times on tour. He has won here at this place. Is he a closer? Do, do, you, do you like his chances to close out here? Because it's still a non-major, although it's a big tournament at Jack Nicklaus's place. Yeah, he's finally maybe showing a little bit of form. I don't know if it's maybe just being a horse for course, although he played pretty solid at the PGA. He had kind of been off a little lately because he doesn't play a lot on the Florida swing. He supposedly had some relationship issues yes. off the course. I guess uh, love is a battlefield, as Pat <laughs> Benatar would say. So he'd been going through some emotions, but now all of a sudden he gets to a familiar place where he's won before and he's playing very well here. Morikawa was like the stat darling coming in this week, led right. on approach, led on tee to green. So, you know, if he's a winner, it would be no surprise. But this is looking like maybe a three-horse race with Brandon Grace trying to hang on a couple back. It looks like maybe Patrick Cantlay is in a good headspace right now as he currently leads at the Memorial. When we come back, some prop bets before we get to Game 7 in the NBA. You're inside the Green Zone right here on Visa the Sports Betting Network. schedule today don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast catch replays of all of our shows including follow the money a numbers game my guys in the desert and lombardi line with beeson best bets downloading beating the book with gil alexander or market insights with josh applebaum plus we've got hardwood handicappers long shots gone racing and the ron flatter racing pod they're all free and available now at beeson.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast dave ross here Back with you at Circa, and we've got Wes Reynolds over at Mandalay Bay and uh, craziness here in Philadelphia. The Sixers trying to make a late run, and they're making a run. It's now one possession game, 121-118, with 27 seconds to go here as Atlanta inbounds the basketball. They do get a foul here, but uh, Wes, very quickly on that before we get to some props in that game seven between the Mavs and Clips. This has been a remarkable fourth quarter, and even if they come up short, I got to think again, like we were talking about Philly backers for the series, and this is why you said maybe you hold off and don't overreact. This might be the real Philadelphia team starting to show up, correct, even if they don't get it done? You would think so. Uh, ben Simmons missed that foul shot and then a foul on the other end. They did get a steal, cut it to three, by the way, but the big basket was Bogdanovich, who I mentioned he's the guy that's kind of got to step up for Atlanta, didn't really do so in the series against the Knicks, really fell off from his last month, month and a half of the regular season, but hit a big three to put him up six, and there's a review going on at the scores table right now, about 22.7 left here in the fourth quarter, Atlanta up by three, I believe. I believe there was a foul called. Uh, they're trying to see, I guess, I if right. they gave the first foul because Embiid eventually hit for the second foul and dove to the floor to hit the guy driving to the basket. But I think they're trying to see when this foul occurred. So that is the delay right now, 121 to 118. It is Atlanta's ball because the Sixers actually were in a position where they probably had to take a risk here with only one timeout. 
there was about a four, four and a half second difference in the shot clock where maybe they could have elected to play this out, but they elected to go ahead and uh, stretch the possession here as uh, Joel Embiid was uh, diving for, I believe it was John Collins, uh, to make that foul. So we'll see what the review is here momentarily. Yeah, and if you had the over on this one, you can go ahead and cash that ticket right now. This game has gone well over the posted total. And again, this is uh, really key for the ATL if this is going to be a long series to hold on to this one. A game that they felt like they had in the bag pretty much through three and a half quarters. But right now, it is a three-point game. But the ATL going to the foul line right now. So maybe a chance Clear to ice this. foul, too, by the way, Dave. Uh, so, that's what they were reviewing. So now John Collins will convert both foul shots up by 523.2 left to go. We didn't have the audio up, obviously, right. but was looking at the monitor. And I, I guess they were determining if it was a clear path foul. I thought there was a foul there in the backcourt. Apparently not. So, uh he did have a clear run of the basket, and Joel Embiid dove for him to try to make that foul. So Atlanta will still remain possession, or retain possession, rather, here. 20 seconds left to go, up by five. Should be able to hold on, Keywood being sure. Uh, let's talk about uh, Game 7 tonight uh, in the Western Conference. Actually going to be tipping off uh, not too soon uh, in the future distance here, right here. Uh, we'll be able to carry this and, and watch this game closely while we're doing uh, the green zone here. Let's talk about the Mavs and Clippers, uh, some player props in this game here. And obviously, after what you saw with what Kawhi Leonard did with 45 points in that Herculean effort in game six, and you look at the 31 and a half, you know, you're going to go, well, if he does anything close to that, you, you, you might like that price. Uh, does anything jump off the page to you, Wes, that you think is really good value before we tip off game seven? Well, and more often than not, and I mentioned this yesterday, Dave, that sometimes in these series I may skirt the star players and maybe look to the third, fourth option or maybe some of the reserves, the super subs, guys off the bench. But one that I was kind of looking at actually was Paul George at four and a half assists and looking to the over. He has gone over in four of the six in this series. If you look, he's assisted or, or been the leading assist man on one-fifth of their baskets, just a little above 20%. So I thought Paul George, uh, usually I like to play the zig and the zag in terms of props. After seeing Kawhi hit for 45, usually <laughs> it's going to go the other way here in Game 7. But I thought that number at 31.5 was relatively fair. So I ended up staying away from that. So I do like Paul George in the over assists. And... Uh, was looking at Luka, not necessarily for his points, but maybe for his uh, his rebounds. Uh, and maybe that's a possibility. I was leaning to the over. I did not eventually play that. I have seen something that I've hit on a couple times this series, and now you're paying the tax for it. They've been having Tim Hardaway Jr. at two and a half po uh, three-pointers basically the entire series. And every single game, he kind of clears it. Either he shatters it or he barely clears it and goes like to three three-pointers over two and a half. And they've been basically raising the juice the whole time. It's gone up from like 125 to in the <laughs> 130s. I saw it at 150. 155 last time out, and now they went ahead here at BetMGM and just put it at three and a half, which was probably uh, the, the right thing to do, I would assume. I don't have it in front of me that that would be juiced to the under here, but they've certainly made the adjustment on that. And then to kind of report, because they're delaying the start, I think, to get this game over here in Philadelphia, where Atlanta leads by eight, 14.9 seconds to go. Hawks going to take a 1-0 over one -oh lead. I guess they say the series doesn't start until you went on the road. <laughs> well, then maybe Dallas and the Clippers hasn't started because nobody's won at home. Right. But anywho, we're seeing the closing price right now. 
Clippers minus six at BetMGM, seeing some six and a halves. Uh, the win here on the Las Vegas Strip is the only book that went to seven. So basically six and six and a half here. Two eleven and a half is going to be the closing total by and large. So, you know, getting the seven with the Dallas, that's kind of where I am right now. And I do have the Clippers for the series, so I'm going to try to see if I can work a middle here and see if this is going to be a close game. This is very tough to lay the Clippers in this spot. I think this is their game to win, though. I do think the home team is finally going to win a game in this series. And really, if you look at how it's been played, they have been the better team this series. They just haven't made the shots that they usually make. And Dallas has been the better shooting team. The Clippers, I think, have been the better overall team. And I got to think, you know, water eventually finds a it's level, Dave. That's kind of one of my favorite sayings all the time here in sports. And I think it does today. I do think that the Clippers are going to get the win. I don't expect Dallas to be that cold as they were in the fourth quarter at home at the American Airlines Center as they were on Friday. But really your concern on the Dallas side is when is Kristaps Porzingis going to show up? He's been absolutely terrible in this series. Yes. And 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 if they're going to use him, Rick Carlisle, in that big versus small lineup because they've been using Boban and Porzingis and then going back in the zone against this small ball Clippers lineup, he's got to give them something. I don't think Luka is going to be enough today. I mean, everybody's doubted him, though, and he's answered the bell every single time, but this is game seven. He's going to need somebody else to help him out. Uh, and very quickly, Tim Hardaway Jr. in very astute observation, Wes, they have adjusted it now to plus three and a half is now plus 120 if you think Tim Hardaway Jr. can knock down four threes today and make that overplay. And by the way, Atlanta up two right now with 8.9 seconds to go. So Philadelphia somehow, we somewhere. We keep trying to end the game and Philadelphia won't let us. <laughs> they will not let us move on to that game seven out on the West Coast between the Mavs and the Clippers. Uh, West going to take a very short time out here on the Green Zone. But when we come back, we will get into some day baseball very quickly. Uh, update you there and see if there's any action you might want to dip your toe into uh, with live odds. But again, we'll keep our eye on this basketball game. Much more in the Green Zone right here on VEASAN. B. Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it... Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yes. 
When those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. no we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The thing. That's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, oh. started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize <laughs> well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how <gasps> lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Bet fearlessly on your favorite sports with a risk-free first wager up to $600 at BetMGM. Just sign up using bonus code VSIN600 and get in the game with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use the promo code VSIN600 to make your first bet risk-free. Up to $600. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager in Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, in Tennessee. Call or text the red line. At 800-889-9789 in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Dave Ross back with you here at Circa. Wes Reynolds is over at Mandalay Bay. And Wes, when we look at some of the action that has not started yet in Major League Baseball, we have a pretty good uh, afternoon selection to get to here. I do want to ask about those Metropolitans last night. I was on them with Jacob deGrom, and they finally scored some runs, four runs for the Mets. Feels like a 1,000 when he starts, and then you look at today's matchup here, you got Marcus Stroman going. They are uh, a rather solid underdog here to San Diego. Can the Metropolitans keep this going, or do you favor the home team a little bit? Yeah, it's kind of amazing how the Mets have been playing lately, the fact that they're 7-3 and three over their last 10 games, and when you really look, they've got a lot of guys that have been out, so you've got basically a lot of backups primarily at the plate here in this lineup. Billy McKinney wasn't even on this team a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and now he's batting leadoff, so Mets have been at least making good contact with the baseball, and good things happen when you make good contact. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, James McCann is one of the best hitters in this Mets lineup, <laughs> uh, and he didn't play yesterday, but they did get the 4 nothing win. I did eventually go on that under that we talked about yesterday, found it at 6, used to the under. Under, and a great outing again for Jacob DeGrom. I don't want to call the Cy Young over, but he is certainly the leader in the clubhouse, shall we say, for the NL Cy Young, the, the stupid numbers that he is putting up <laughs> this year. Meanwhile, we go to Marcus Stroman, who at times has been red hot and at times has been ice cold, and he's kind of been going back and forth a little bit. 
Too much hard contact he's allowing. He's striking out more guys, but he's also walking more guys. So he needs to be he needs to be punching out maybe a, a couple more. He's profiling the same in terms of the ground ball rates. The homer to fly ball ratio is up just a little bit. And that's kind of the, the bugaboo with Stroman is always the hard contact and the home run. But I think he's been solid this year. It's just which one are we going to get? Meanwhile, we look at San Diego. Their lineup's been pretty average over the last couple weeks and haven't really been great at, at the plate too much. So now you have Chris Paddock, uh, two and four on the season. The Sheriff has kind of fallen back a little bit. If you look from his rookie year when he was really good, you know, and he had that hot start, he's kind of regressed a little bit, uh, uh, not only this season, but also at the end of last season. So San Diego is getting the money here. Mets are going for a split here out at Petco, but... I don't know if I agree with this line move. It was minus 135 in the overnight on the Padres. Now you're seeing minus 155 here at BetMGM, some 150s out there, where you can get the Mets anywhere from the $1.30-ish range to even as high as $1.40. I think the Mets are an underdog probably worth taking a shot at here, considering also we've seen the undergone go down from 8 to 7 now, juiced mm -hmm. to the over from the overnight. So usually that gives you a premium on the underdog if you want to maybe elect to lay the run line here. Sometimes I'll take the plus one and a half and lay some vig. Probably at a dollar sixty-five at BetMGM. That's a little high for me. So I'll go ahead and go half and go with the New York Mets as the underdog at plus one forty is is as high as you can see it in the market. I think that, that that's a little generous for the Padres to lay here. I know Marcus Stroman's been inconsistent, but so really has Chris Paddock. Uh, very quickly, an update. That game has finally ended, and the ATL did beat Philadelphia in game one, 128-124. So they have a one nothing lead in that series, and game seven is underway. And uh, early start here for the Mavs. They have a 5-4 to four lead just the first two minutes, and we'll keep a watchful eye on that. Very quickly, I do want to ask you about Jacob deGrom. Uh, very quickly, another stellar performance, as you mentioned last night. And, and I know this is very hard to quantify in Major League Baseball, but is there any value, if you really want to take a flyer on MVP for Jacob deGrom? And we're going to get into the, the odds here for Major League Baseball later on in this show about winning the division and such. But if the Mets were able to win the division, and you look at Jacob, Jacob deGrom and what he's done, and I'm with you, if he stays healthy, it looks like the Cy Young is wrapped up. Would you take a flyer on DeGrom as MVP? I think you very well could because it's not like anybody is really a clear favorite, I think, in the NL for, for MVP. Obviously, Acuna's having a very good season, but you have the Braves at around 500. Uh, Bryce Harper has had some injuries, so he's been in and out of the lineup. And all those guys at the top – Nobody is really just killing it where it's like, okay, they're an overwhelming favorite like we've kind of seen in the AL a couple of years ago with Mike Trout. So nobody really, I think, is standing out yet from that standpoint. Obviously, the pitcher, it's going to be down the board because a lot of these pitchers don't win MVP. But you just look at these numbers, Dave, almost 14 and a half strikeouts mm. per nine innings, less than 0.5 in terms of home run per nine innings, uh, 0.62 on the ERA, 152 on the XFIP, and the whip obviously under one, just absolutely outstanding, leaving 90% of the guys on base. So... Jacob DeGrom has just, he's, he's been outstanding, and I think it's almost going to be a wrap. You look at the home run to fly ball ratio, just 7.7. That is one of the lowest in all of Major League Baseball for a starter. Five and two has gone 58 innings. 
you know, if he can get a little bit of run support, and it doesn't seem like four runs is a lot, but it's usually <laughs> enough for right. this guy. So, you know, if you can go ahead and give him something, and I think it's it's well scouted right now, and he's a very short price now, and obviously the favorite to win the NL Cy Young. I think there could be a shot for MVP for Jacob Degrom because I don't see like that one hitter. I know Tatis is getting a lot of run, but he can be a little bit hit or miss. He sure. gets on tears, and then he goes cold from time to time. I think his personality really helps him because baseball kind of needs, I think, a flashy player <laughs> a little bit that's showing some charisma and showing some personality, which obviously Fernando Tatis Jr. has in spades. But to your point, not a bad value, I think, if you want to go Jacob DeGrom MVP. I think the value already for the Cy Young is obviously very much extracted. No question. And, again, it just goes on that theory if the Metropolitans are, are able to hold on. Tatis has been in and out of the lineup with injuries and other uh, issues. And, again, the Braves, as you mentioned, uh, not reaching their team expectations. So maybe you can make that correlation if DeGrom keeps this up for a whole season. I know people say it's an offensive award only. Maybe he can buck the trend and you can get some good value uh, to that end. Right now, 8-7, to seven, the Clippers leading the Mavericks here about nine minutes ago in the first. And Tim Hardaway Jr. at West has already knocked down a three. They've been listening to you, and that's why they moved that up to three and a half right now. Again, if you got that before tip, that was plus 120 for Hardaway to knock down four threes, and he already has one on the board uh, so far today. Very quickly, back to the to Major League Baseball. The last game on the schedule tonight is the Red Sox and the Yankees. Bad blood always between these two teams. I'm looking at this between Garrett Richards and uh, Domingo Herman. And is there anything that jumps off the page here to you? Because it feels like you might get some runs in this one, which is where I'm leaning. I'm wondering if you, you like where my lean is there. Yeah, that's certainly what we've been seeing by and large on Sunday Night Baseball. We've been seeing a lot of these games go over, and usually they're bet accordingly. Garrett Richards, 375 ERA, about 453 on the XFIP. Herman, 327 ERA, 404 on the XFIP. So really about the same. Herman's been a little bit luckier in terms of the batting average balls in play at 245 than Garrett Richards has, which is at 318. So... I kind of thought that this price, at least at first glance, and I have not bet this yet, still some time to do so, a little bit high, I, I thought, on Domingo Herman against Garrett Richards here. And it's been bet from the overnight to 142. I think it's now 150 at BetMGM, and they actually might be the market low right now on the Yankees because I'm seeing some high 150s in the market where you can get a take back on the Red Sox at around 140 or so. I thought that that was a little high, at least at first glance. Uh, Yankees still kind of trying to figure out uh, mm -hmm. their bats at the plate. I think that they've at least stayed the course. And it doesn't really look like the Red Sox are going away, at least right now, uh, if you look at just how they've been hitting and the fact that they're doing that with no Chris Sale. But you've seen bounce back from their big guns this year with Bogarts, with Rafael Devers, with J.D. Martinez. All of these guys are amongst the leaders in America in the American League in war, which is wins above replacement for a position. The bullpen has been good. Matt Barnes has been pretty solid as a closer here for the Boston Red Sox. So look at... You know, the Yankees, I think they were the favorite going in. We're kind of waiting to see if this is going to be what they are or if they have something left that really meets the season expectations. So 
I thought that the price was a little bit high on, on Garrett Richards. I think getting high 130s plus 140, that would be the way I would look here for certain. No bet at this point, though. I'm just stunned when you look at the Red Sox, the, the way that they've played so far. And you, you answered my question that you, you do believe the sample size is large enough now if you're a Red Sox backer. And again, we'll get into those AL East odds as Tampa Bay currently still leads that division. That maybe it's not a bad play to go ahead and think that this is going to last for Boston. I know at the beginning of the year, that was not the thought. It was supposed to be a one-horse race with just the Yankees. And then the Rays have repeated, of course, they went to the World Series uh, just a year ago. So it looks like a three-horse race uh, maybe down the stretch in the summer in the AL East, keeping an eye on what's going on right now in the golf. Kyle Morikawa uh, is your co-leader with Patrick Cantlay. They are both at 11 under par. And Scotty Scheffler just one stroke back. And Brandon Grace, uh, two back at nine under par. And the Clippers out right now to a 16-13 to 13 lead with about seven minutes to go in the first period. If you're thinking about hopping in on any of those items uh, in-game, you might want to check out uh, the prices that you can get right now. But that's where it stands uh, with the Clippers off to a relatively good start so far in this Game 7. Coming up right here on the Green Zone, we're going to have uh, Dwayne Colucci coming on next to talk a little bit about the Belmont yesterday and what we saw and the handles and the money that it, it changed hands there. And, of course, the Golden Knights in action tonight. We'll update some NHL player uh, player props and playoff props for the NHL when you come back with us right here on the Green Zone. VEASAN, the sports betting network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.